Hey, what's going on guys, it's DK. Back at you with another video here. It's bringing me four game NBA mainstay on Wednesday. Before I get into the video, for guys who are new to the channel, my name's DK. I make daily videos breaking down NBA, NFL, PGA, eSports, daily fantasy sports sites. Before we get into the breakdown, again, thank you guys for all support. Currently at 4.26 thousand subscribers. So if you enjoy all the free content, again, it's all free, and there is a lot of content. NBA, PGA, just uploaded my video for the Northern Trust. CSGO, just uploaded my video for tomorrow's slate. Call of Duty, two-game slate. Just uh, Call of Duty Championships, just uploaded my video for that slate. Yeah, so I can barely talk, but there's a lot, a lot of content. So the easiest way to support me is just leave a like button on the video, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, hit that notification bell, trying to hit 5K subs by the end of the month. Um, if you guys cannot watch the YouTube videos, I do also upload on Apple Podcasts. Link is in the description below. It's just the DK DFS show. But with that all out of the way, let's jump into the video. So before we get into the players and the prices for this four-game slate, what we can do is we can look back at my lineup here from Tuesday slate. So Tuesday, let's go over my lineup. Uh, Marco Fultz, James Harden, Terrence Ross, uh, James Ennis, McGee, Goran Dragic, LeBron James, and Chris Balls. Right now, looking pretty solid. Um, do have two guys in the late game in McGee and LeBron James. So let's go over the value guys to use. Marco Fultz, Terrence Ross, James Ennis. Now, I did not get to DJ Augustine, but I mentioned Really, really liking him. I said my two favorite value plays for Orlando were the two-point guards. And the reason why I didn't get to DJ, Aug DJ Augustine, you can only play so many guards. right? I, I had Fultz in there. I had Harden. I had Goran Dragic, who I was not fading. He was a thumbnail on my video. I know he's popular. He went off, too. Uh, funny thing was I had a, actually a couple guys DMing me. Why is Dragic playing so bad? What's his deal? He had, like, 12 at halftime, went for 40. So, again, guys... Uh, if you if you have a slow start, it's not great, but don't freak out when there's slow basketball to play. And then finally, I wanted to get to CP3 too in the revenge spot. I just really liked his price there. He went for also 51 fancy points. Um, so that's the reason why I didn't get to DJ, but I was really, really high on him. He went for, I think, 36 at 3.4K. I paired Fultz with Ross and Ennis. Um, I mentioned, you know, the risk there. The, the getting that game right was going to be key. Um, you know, the, the Magic Valley, the reason I slightly prefer them to the Miami Heat value, even though they're riskier, is just because, you know, they had Vucevic, and that's about it, right? Who else is going to score the ball? So that's why I like the Magic value. Um, funny thing was, it's actually happened in back-to-back -back slates now, where I told you guys I was playing three Utah Jazz guys, and the reason why I didn't want to get to Donald Mitchell, even though I really liked him, was I didn't want to play four guys. I said the same thing today. That I'm playing three Utah guys, so like Vucevic has upside, but the only reason I'm not getting into him, I don't want to play four Magic guys, and Vucevic went absolutely crazy too. So I guess I should just load up in one team uh, based on what we've seen in the last couple slates. But yeah, right now it's looking really solid. Harden actually had his floor game at, at uh, just under 60 fancy points. I'm perfectly fine with him. I'll play him all day long uh, at under 12K with no Russell Westbrook. So um, yeah, that's where the look back there. I'm looking to be pretty solid. Um, so that, uh, that's it. Let's now move on to, oh, let's take a look at the odds here. So we have Brooklyn, we have Toronto. Uh, it is currently 11 point spread. Raptors are favorites. It's a 226 and a half over under. Uh, we have the Jazz, the Nuggets. It's a 217 and a half over under. Nuggets are four point favorites. 76ers, Celtics, it's a 214 and a half over under. Boston are four and a half point favorites. Late night hammer is Mavs, Clippers, 229 and a half over under. Clippers are six and a half point favorites. Um, you know, obviously the game, the first game here, Brooklyn, Toronto, I think, once again, it has the most upside, but definitely has the most blowout risk. So let's start with center today, guys. And we have Joel Embiid at the top at 9.9K. Um, I liked him last slate. He had a subpar game, only shot the ball like twice in the second quarter. Super, super tilting. 
Um, I think he's going to come out more aggressive here. His price came down. I, I really do like Embiid. Um, I'm going right back to the well here at, at uh, under 10K. I think, again, he has that type of upside with no Ben Simmons to go for 80+. plus. And I'm not scared of anyone who Boston tries to throw on him defensively, whether it be Tice or Cantor or Robert Williams. They use all three. I'm not scared of any of them. I really like Embiid. I think he's going to come up uh, or come or play a little more aggressive. He mentioned that. He said he's got to shoot the ball more. I think they got to get the ball more to Joel Embiid. So I really like Embiid as a spend up. I definitely prefer him to Jokic. Jokic, I was a little bit tilted that last time, got bailed out. He was chalky, went to overtime, wasn't going to have a great game. And OT kind of savaged his day and had a pretty solid day at, uh, you know, obviously over 58.7K. Now his price came up to 9.7. I know he's had good games against Utah in the past. I just prefer Joel Embiid right now. I just like Joel Embiid's upside a little bit more than Nicole Jokic. Jokic is a very frustrating roster. At times, he can take over games, even in playoffs. At times, he can defer offensively again, even in playoffs. So I'm going to prefer Embiid to Jokic. I think Embiid is going to want to really put on a show here after he didn't, he only shot the ball 15 times. I mean, they got the, they have to get the ball more to Embiid. I think this is a game he could go for 70 plus. So I'm going right back to the wall with Embiid. Porzingis is at 8-9. He's questionable. Uh, also super tilted about that ejection. Can't believe that. Um, first tech was BS. It was a clean block. And the second one, just pushing and shoving. They, they ejected him for it. Whew. Um, this is obviously slate changing news, right? Because if he's out, then that opens up potential value here for Dallas. And obviously Luca then would stand out as probably like the top play. There would be more blowout risk though. But yeah, this is huge news. I think he's probably going to go. Uh, he has been listed as questionable in some other games. So I think he'll be fine, but we'll see. Obviously something to keep an eye on if he does play. I think he's solid at 8-9, but not my favorite play for his price. He obviously has the type of upside to go for 50-plus in any game. The matchup individually for him actually isn't bad, too, against like Zubak or Montrez Harrell. So we'll see. This is obviously slate-changing news on the stats of Christoph Porzingis. Gobert is at 7-4. I just like the upside more on other centers. He's more out there for his defense. Again, they're not going to feed him in the post a lot. Also a little bit worried about foul trouble, so... It's definitely Embiid for me, definitely Porzingis over Rudy Gobert. Jared Allen, um, I mentioned, you know, I just really wish they weren't playing Toronto because the matchup for him is not the best. Now, he's going to get the big minutes. I still think he's viable, but the, the matchup, I'll probably pass on him, like up to a little bit more on other centers. Horford, even in a revenge spot, again, I'm going to pass at 6-7. Ibaka had a good game last time. The price went up. Um, it's tricky because it's such a good matchup. He's only getting, like, him and Gasol are going to split the minutes, like 24 each around there. Um, Ibaka has it back to back pretty solid games. I just think the ownership might be up on him. He can still get you there, but he's not going to play the huge minutes, minutes which, which uh, do worry me. So, yeah, Ibaka, will, I might stay away from Tice. I'm not, I'm not, I don't target centers against Embiid. Uh, Montrez Harrell played really limited minutes of 4 6, only played 15. I wish we would have got clarity on that to how many minutes he was going to get. Um, if they're still going to limit him to like 15 minutes, it makes Zubak a lot more viable. Now, if Porzingis is out, then that changes things because both teams want small ball to close and Zubat didn't come back in. They use like, they really have like Marcus Morris, Paul George, Kawhi, Lou, and Pat Beverly as their closing lineup. So that would worry me if Porzingis is out with, you know, either Harrell or Zubak. I would prefer Zubak. He's been a really, really good point per minute guy. He played 22 minutes, went for 29 and a half fancy points. If they're going to continue to limit Harrell and Porzingis plays, I think we get close to 25 from Zubak again. Even with so many mouths to feed, he's just, again, a good point per minute guy. So I have interest there in Zubak. Uh, Marcus Gasol's at 4K. I think he's fine. Again, him, Ibaka, probably going to play around 24 minutes each. Ibaka has more upside, but you're getting Gasol at a lot cheaper price. I think he's solid for value. Um, not my favorite play, but definitely in play. I'm not going to get to Boucher, obviously. I don't think he's in the rotation. Kuruk's fouled out in uh, 16 minutes. I think normally he probably gets 25 to 30 minutes. Um, he's a guy that you know kind of has to hit those threes. 
he's a viable punt. Uh, you know, him, TLC, Temple, um, you know, Tyler Johnson off the bench. Some of these guys are going to have to help Levert. So I think they're, you know, viable punts for sure. Kleber, this is kind of dependent on Kristaps uh, Porzingis' uh, news, even if Kristaps does play, though. Kleber played 34 now. Sure, he probably got extended a bit because Kristaps because is out, but it's really good to see that he played 34 minutes. Um, if Kristaps is out again, I think we get similar run. Uh, obviously, he didn't have the best uh, point per minute game uh, there with 11 fancy points in 34 minutes. I'm not super worried about that. If Kristaps Porzingis is out, we're going to get huge minutes from Kleber, and he would be one of the top value plays of the day. I think even if Kristaps plays, we probably if he starts, we probably get at least 25 minutes from Kleber, so he would be a viable punt. Um, I'm not going to get to Plumlee or, or RHJ again. Cantor, they did run a three-headed monster. He only put eight minutes. I can't do him. Can't do um, Robert Williams. Boban is the guy I'll mention at 3-2, and this is dependent on Kristaps' news. He played 13 minutes in that game, went for 13 and a half fancy points. Normally, he's like almost a two-fancy point per minute guy. So if we have Kristaps Porzingis ruled out, and they start Boban Marjanovic at center. I think we probably get 15 minutes from him at least, and then he would become probably your top value play of the day because he's such a good point-per-minute guy. So a couple potential value plays here with Dallas, with Boban, with Kleber. would like those guys a lot if Kristaps is out. Let's move on to power forward. So big news here, no Gordon Hayward. He's out for, I think, a month. Uh, expected to miss next four weeks. Yeah, so... Boston, again, they're a balanced team, but when they have one piece out, it, it makes me like the other guys a lot more. So Tatum's at 9K. He had a good game last time out. 57, almost 58 fancy points in 41 minutes. He played huge minutes. Um, the price went up on him a bit, but I don't know if it went up on him, him enough, especially with Gordon Hayward out. So I have a good amount of interest in Tatum. Now, I think the ownership will be inflated on him. There are other ways you can get to this Boston team if you don't want to get to Tatum, right? Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker. I think those are viable options, too, that maybe go a little bit lower owned compared to Tatum. So I have interest in all three. Again, when one of those guys are out for Boston, I like them a lot more. Tobias at 7-7, he's going to fly under the radar in the slate. Um, if you can't get to Embiid and you want to get Philly exposure, it's obviously Tobias. Um, he's a guy that can um, you know score the ball um, a lot, right? He went for 15-8-8, but he can go for definitely 25-plus real-life points. Um, so I have interest there in Tobias. I think he's more of a contrarian play for me because... You have other guys in his price range that, that stand out a little bit more, right? Some of those Boston guys with no Gordon Hayward. Some other guys I'll mention in a bit. So he's just more falls in that territory of a lower-owned GPP play that does still have upside when he's shooting well. Siakam's at 7-5. I'm still really high on these Toronto guys. Now, Siakam really hasn't flashed upside in a while. Like He had a good start but kind of cooled off there. Um, the game did blow out at the very end. The starters missed out about four minutes. But, I mean, we're going to get close to 40 minutes most likely from Siakam from uh, Lowry M and from Fred Van Fleet. And this is a great spot. It's just kind of like I said with Orlando and Milwaukee, even though Orlando ended up winning that game. If this game stays close, there is potential for huge upside. Like we saw in Fred Van Fleet, who I was super high on last slate, got him like 20% ownership. He went for 60. Same thing with Levert on the opposite side. Now Lowry, Siakam. So this game has potential to, uh, you know, be a huge fancy point game. It just, you know, does it stay close? Brooklyn, not very good team. It's Levert, and that's about it. So there's definitely risk there. MPJ's at 7K. He's going to go very low-owned after having a tougher game for his standards. Jamal Murray, Jokic kind of took over. Eh, I don't know. I'm probably going to pass on him. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get to Al Horford. Marcus Morris, I think a lot of others chase that at 4-8. There's so many mouths to feed, and he shot the ball really well. He's not going to shoot 8 of 13 again. He went for 37 fans points. The price is coming up. 
Again, I think I'll pass here. Um, TLC had a really, really good game. I think the ownership will be inflated on him. I don't think he's going to continue to shoot this well. He shot about 8 of 12, 7 of 13, and 9 of 13. I don't think he continues to shoot that well, but again, someone's going to have to score the ball besides Karis LeVert. So TLC is certainly viable, but just be weary, right? I think, you know, just off of one game, people are going to look to what happened in game one and really base their, you know, interest in that. But it's going to, you know, raise the ownership on some guys and lower the ownership on guys who had bad games. So don't necessarily just go with the guys that had the really good game one. Um, so not saying TLC is a bad play. It just, I don't think he continues to shoot that well. Jeremy Grant is viable at 4-6. He played 40 minutes off the bench. Um, I think he's solid, but again, not my favorite play. OG Ananubi is one of my favorite value plays, even at 4-4. Kind of had a slow start there in 34 minutes before 26 and a half fantasy points, but I just really like the price on him for a guy that's in a really good matchup. Um, sure, he's not like the number one guy in this offense, but it's just the best possible matchup here against Brooklyn. So I have interest in OG, and the rest there is the blowout. I'm not getting to Millsap, even at 4-3. Um, his minutes went down a bit. I guess he would be viable, but not my favorite play. Royce O'Neal's at 3-7. Um, so he was super popular the last slate. I have interest in him again. Um, he was in foul trouble too. We're going to get over 35 minutes from Royce O'Neal as long as there's no foul trouble and the game stays close. He's not out there for his offense, though. He's out there for his defense. But if we get a guy for 35 minutes at 3-7 on an already thin Utah Jazz team, I think he's certainly viable. He's had some good games in the bubble. Right, 30, 36, 32, 30 fantasy points. Like he's a guy that not really going to be out there for a scoring, but can hit those threes. Um, and we're not going to have Don Mitchell go for like 55, 10, and 10 again. That's not going to happen. So there's more usage going to be to these other guys in the Jazz, like O'Neal, like Ingles, like Clarkson. So I have interest in Royce O'Neal again. I think the ownership will drop significantly on him because he let a lot of people down. I'm not that scared. I think he's still a really solid value play. Um, and that's really it for uh, power forward. Uh, Philly, Mike Scott, he barely played. They ran a seven-man rotation, Philadelphia did. So really good for guys that can beat Tobias Harris and some other good plays I'll mention. So Mike Scott, obviously don't play him. I thought he might get minutes you know, with those wings on Boston, but he did not. Small forward, Luca. So 11K, he went for 65 fans points. Obviously, the Kristaps ejection helped him. If Kristaps is out, Luca's your top spend up, in my opinion. I mean, he just has absolutely enormous upside. Obviously, there would be slight blowout risk, but... When there's no Chris Hops or Zingas, I would absolutely love a Luka Doncic. So even if Chris Hops plays, I think he's viable. Uh, the Clippers threw like everything at him, and he still was solid. Went for 42, 7, and 9. So, yeah, I have interest in Luka right now. We know where the offense is coming from from Dallas. It's Luka. It's Chris Hops. Kawhi Leonard's at 10K. Um, yeah, he's solid, but I would just rather get to, to Luka. I think the offense is a little bit higher just because there's so many mouths to feed in the Clippers. There's Kawhi, there's PG, there's Lou, there's Harold, there's Zubak, there's Marcus Morris. Whereas Dallas, it's Kristaps and it's Luka, and that's really it. THJ can hit threes, but uh, Clippers are just a, they have a lot of mouths to feed. They're a very balanced team right now, so quite a lot of them play So you want to get to my 10K, that's fine. Just not going to be the way that I would go. Like, I'd rather get to Luka above them. I'd rather get to Tatum below them. Paul George and Kawhi. Um, I would rather get to PG than Kawhi uh, for, you know, the $1,400 discount. I think PG solid, but not my favorite play. Again, no Gordon Hayward. That's huge news. Joe Ingles at 5'6". I was really a high in him. Lastly, at 5'3". I still have some interest in him. Again, we're not going to get 50, 10, and 10 from Donovan Mitchell again. So there's going to be more usage for these other Jazz guys. Again, we're not going to get overtime too. But he was on pace for 38 minutes. And he can hit those threes. Uh, he's a do-it-all guy. So I do like Joe Ingles at 5'6". I think he goes a little bit under the radar here. But I still think he's solid in the mid-range. THJ, this is kind of dependent on um, 
Kristaps is. So Kristaps is out. Then I would consider a guy like THJ who would have to do a lot more offensively. Jay Rich at 5-1. He's fine, but not my favorite play. I would still rather get to Burks for value. Um, Joe Harris at 5K. Uh, we're going to get about 35 minutes from Joe Harris if the game stays close. The downside with him is he has hit those threes. Doesn't do a whole lot other than hit threes. But I think he's okay for his price. Let's see again. Temple, TLC. Someone's going to have to help Levert out. I think these guys are all pretty similar plays. Uh, Temple missed a lot of threes that last game. I think he's fine at 4-6. Again, you kind of group those broken um, value guys or mid-range guys like Joe Harris, TLC, uh, Garrett Temple, Kuroks, Tyler Johnson. I'll kind of put them in one pool and take shots. I don't really know if one really stands out more than the other. I think Harris probably has the most upside because he can get hot behind the three-point line. Let's see again. I mentioned liking OG a good amount. Norman Powell, the minutes were limited on him a bit. Only played 17, so can't go there. DFS at 4-3. Um, he played 32 minutes. I think he would become a little bit more viable. Obviously, if Chris, Chris Hops is out. So, yeah, there's potential for value here for sure with Dallas. Again, I mentioned O'Neal. I think he he's solid. Uh, and I think the ownership drops in him. Thibault 3-4 is in play. Uh, he played 33 minutes the last game. Did not expect that. Uh, so, if we get 30-plus minutes out of Matisse Thibault, this is almost an identical play to a guy like Royce O'Neal. They're not out there for the scoring. They're out there for the defense. But if we get 35 minutes out of guys at, like, Royce O'Neal's at 3-7, Matisse Thibault's at 3-4, I have interest in those guys just because, you know, they're going to fall into some rebounds. They'll probably get a putback or so, You know, they're not going to go out there and have zero fantasy points in 35 minutes. So Thibault, Royce O'Neal, for value. Again, they're not out there for their offense, but I think that they're pretty solid uh, value option just because of the minutes. Let's talk about shooting guard now. Mitchell's at 9-2. So I know he went absolutely crazy, what, 57-9-7. and seven. Um, I don't think we expect that again. Um, so I think the ownership will be up on him even at 9-2. I'm going to pass on Donovan Mitchell. I think, again, the ownership will be inflated. I just like other plays a bit more. So not saying Donovan Mitchell is a bad play if you want to go back to the well there. I just think the ownership will be higher than it should be. So obviously, again, no, no Conley, still no Bojan. Like he's going to have to do a lot offensively, but I don't think we're going to get that big of a performance from him again. I would prefer a guy like Harris Levert at 8-2, even though he's a little bit riskier because of the potential for a blowout. But Levert had a bad shooting day. He shot the ball 5-14. He still went for 47 fancy points and missed out in a few minutes there at the end. Like he was on pace for almost 40 minutes. He's their do-it-all guy. Um, and if Brooklyn has any chance of keeping it close, it's going to be because of Levert. So like I said in my first video, uh, on Monday, I'll say it again here. If you're a guy that's going to target a couple Toronto guys, it makes sense to run it back with Levert because if Brooklyn keeps it close, it's going to be because of Karis Levert, and then you get some correlation there. You get Toronto guys, you pair them with Levert. It makes for a nice little game stack if you want to do that. Or I think it's also viable to fade, punt the game, or to, to not punt the game, but fade the game and hope for the blowout because there's a decent chance this game blows out, right? So. Um, getting that game right will be key for this slate. Fred Van Fleet at 7-6. He was my favorite play of the day last slate. Went at 6-8, one for 60 fancy points. I like him once again here, even at 7-6. We're most likely not going to get 60 again, but, I mean, if the game stays close, we're going to get 40 minutes out of Fred. He was going to play over 40 minutes there. So the minutes are so solid on him. Uh, he's, again, a do-it-all guy. It's an amazing matchup. I guess the best matchup against Brooklyn. Just the worry is, does the game stay close? Uh, Jalen Brown at 7-5. I have been interested in him. I think, again, a lot of people will flock to Tatum. 
Brown might go a little bit under the radar, but at 7-5, he's also going to have to do a lot more. So Tatum, Brown, and we'll talk about Kemba here in a bit. I have interest in all three of those guys with no Gordon Hayward. Marcus Smart will play more at 5-6, but he's a guy I look to if like Kemba's out and is going to run the point a good amount. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get to him. I'd rather get to Brown. I'd rather get to Tatum. I'd rather get to Kemba. Uh, Lou Williams at 5-3. Like I mentioned with a lot of the Clippers guys is they have so many um, so many bodies, so many good guys, so many high usage guys. Now, he did play 31 minutes, which is really, really good to see. And the price did come down. So, like, Lou Williams is a guy, he's a good GPP play because if he's shooting the ball well, he will continue to shoot. And we got 31 minutes from him. So, if he's knocking down those threes, he could easily break the slate and go for like 40 plus fancy points. I like Lou for GPPs. Uh, again, it's good to see that he got 31 minutes at 5-3. So I think he's a really, really solid play in the mid-range there. Other options. So Clarkson was the ultimate chalk last slate at 3-8. His price came out to 4-7. My issue with him is he is super scoring dependent. But again, someone's going to have to help out Donovan Mitchell. This one's a tricky one. I think he'll still be somewhat popular, but my worry is he literally has to score the ball. If he is not putting the ball uh, in the basket, he has a low floor. So yeah, I'm a little bit undecided here. Uh, again, he's gonna have to he's gonna play big minutes, and he has to do a lot more uh, with no Conley, with no uh, Bojan. But him being so scoring dependent, and the price coming up a bit does worry me a little. Now Burks at four six, I think I still slightly prefer him to Josh Richardson. He's been playing really well. Um, he's a guy that can score the ball. Uh, went for uh, 28 fancy points in 28 minutes. Yeah, I have interest in Burks. I think he's a pretty solid play a, a, in the mid-range. Um, probably would prefer, you know, a, again, a guy like Lou Williams to these guys cause I, just because I think the upside is a little bit higher on Lou compared to some of the guys a little bit cheaper than him. Tyler Johnson at 4K. Only played 17 minutes. Not enough for me to consider him even at that price. Seth Curry at 3-6. Uh, played 33 minutes. He's a guy that can score the ball. Um, especially like if Kristaps is out, he's going to play big minutes. Even if Kristaps plays, it's good to see that he actually got that run. It's still kind of up in the air, though. Like Carlisle will ride the hot hand. So don't know if those minutes are necessarily secure. But I do have interest in Seth Curry at that 3-6 price point. And that's about it for me for shooting guard. Let's move on to point guard here. Already mentioned Luca and Donovan Mitchell. Kyle Lowry's at 8K. Him and Fred Van Fleet, almost the same price. I like both these guys. Um, again, these Toronto guys are going to play huge minutes. It's a great matchup. The worry is, does the game blow out, which I think is a decent chance it does. Jamal Murray had a huge game, took over there in overtime over 40 minutes, 59 fancy points. So he was on pace for 35 minutes. Um, yeah, the upside is there for him. He can literally take over any single game. I think the ownership might be inflated on him, though, too. So I don't know what I'm going to do with Jamal Murray right now. Again, I think the ownership will go up on him. I think it will go up on Donovan Mitchell. So I might pass and look to some other guys. But, um, yeah, obviously uh, obviously, I still do like him. Kemba's at 6'8". Um, kind of had a, an off game for his standards. Only 29 fancy points in 35 minutes. You could see Kemba Walker have a pretty solid game here, especially with no Gordon Hayward. Like, I like him. I like Jalen Brown. I like Jason Tatum. They're just going to have to do a lot more here for this Boston Celtic team. So Kemba, compared to some of the guys in his price range, I just think he goes pretty low-owned, but I do have interest there. Um, again, I'm going to pass on Smart. Um, already mentioned Lou and Clarkson and Burks. Milton at 4-5. I mean, him, Jay Rich, and Burks will all play pretty similar minutes. I just think Burks has the most upside of those three guys. Finally, Pat Bev's the last guy I'll mention at 3-5. He was in some foul trouble. Still played 20 minutes. Uh, he started. I think that's solid. If we get 25 minutes out of Pat Beverly, he, he's a viable punt at 3.5K. 
But I think that's really going to do it for today's video, guys. So um, if you guys have been enjoying the content so far, I'd really appreciate it if you leave a like button on the video, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, and hit that notification bell. I will be live streaming for this four-game slate 30 to 40 minutes before lock on my YouTube channel, going over everything, guys. Going over all the news that we get, um, going over cash plays, GPP plays. I'll give you guys a core and then answer any questions you guys have at the end. So thanks again, guys. Hope you guys all have a good day, and I will see you all in the live stream tomorrow.